You're noisy. In general? <laughs> me? I just want to say before we get the episode started. What? I me? thought we were not going to do the day two. Okay, what? Be cruel. Look, me and a gal hushed you a couple yeah. times today. Because you're always rustling. Lifelong... Women have been hushing me since I was. You have old. your backpack has like eighteen zippers that you're always opening and closing. Yeah, I gotta get the. You jewel have out. these snack packs that are like rustling in oh, your bag. I did open a Cliff Bar very slowly. Oh my god, and you tried to do today. it. You're like, this will be more quiet if I do it slowly for longer. The security that guard was, was going look, on for so long that this me. me and this gal, this gal that's sitting next to me, we literally turn at the same time and we go, just open it. I did, and I feasted upon it. And then look who asked me for a nut later in the day. You. Welcome to day two. I can't believe you went with nut. That was so gross. That's literally what you ate. Welcome to day two, now an authoritative man saying it here. Welcome to day two of the Truanon Ghislaine trial, which Liz is not letting me call mistrial. <laughs> um, which, okay, fair enough. My name is... Yeah, we don't is, want to put that energy out there. We do not. My my name is I'm the not judge. Coming back here. <laughs> Your judge? Yeah. Well, I'm jury. My And of course, we have here executioner, <laughs> Young Chomsky. <laughs> Welcome to Truanon. Uh Liz, we are we are fresh out the court. Yeah, fresh. Fresh out. Uh-huh. I actually am not feeling fresh. I am Me neither. I am wearing a lot of Did you take a shower this morning? This morning? Oh my god. How long do you think I spend awake in my hotel room before I go to the You know, court? you'll feel more awake if you just pop right in the shower. I'll feel just more like awake. some steam, ready to go, freshy, straight out the door. No. Do, 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 not going to f- feel more awake with less sleep, but. You got enough sleep last night. Got, I got six hours of sleep last night. I feel okay. Hello, everyone. Welcome. Day two. Um, Yesterday, we left you on a bit of a cliff. I almost said a bit of a cliff bar because you literally just said you no, made a cliff check bar. Check this out. We left you on a bit of a plane hanger. Oh, my God. You like that? Because we said that the prosecution introduced their first witness yesterday, Larry. Larry Vasoski, or Lawrence Vasoski, nickname, as he said, Larry. Yes, the pole. Uh-huh. Epstein, I know. In fact, probably closely related to you. Mm. Uh, Epstein's longtime pilot. Yes. Or one of his longtime pilots. And uh, he opened up a little bit last last night or yes. yesterday and then spent much of today. It feels like night because it gets dark at like 3 p.m. here. And we don't leave the courthouse. Ever. During the day. We don't even go yeah. and check our phones or nothing. It's like being in a casino. You have no idea what time it is. Exactly. Well, I do because, you know, I can see it getting dark outside. And there's a clock. You know there's a clock. Okay, so he started yesterday. Yes. But really the bulk of his testimony and the cross-examination, which is very interesting, was today. Yeah, I have, uh, boy, a ton of notes here, but there's really just a few things that, like, stood out to me. So first, at when, when he first came on the stand, I assumed they had, like, flipped him or something. Yeah, that's what you mentioned, which is interesting. I don't know why I thought that because mm. I mean partially because I'm like well he must have seen so much stuff which yeah, I still he was, obviously believe. 
I mean, he was Epstein's pilot for 30 plus years. Yes. Like, he was his boy. He was his, he was his fucking guy. And this is the first, this is the, definitely the longest he's ever been on the record. I think he was deposed in a civil suit mm. um, before, but I, I, no, he didn't say much if he did, if he yeah. was. Um, but this was, this was Larry on the stand. And I got to say, I think we mentioned this maybe in our, yesterday's episode, which I frankly have no memory of recording, but uh, very sort of uh, uh, military bearing to the guy, like every single pilot, Southern accent. Oh, yeah. Also, he looks like, you know how all pilots look like cartoon pilots? Yes. Yes. So he has the kind of like side part hair, mm-hmm. real bushy eyebrows. Yeah. You know, at, you know he's Polish. Mm-hmm. Um, bl- suit, broad shoulders. Yes. Very like straight and narrow, Mr. Boeing. Phantom epaulets yeah. on it too. I mean, these guys are, you know, you want to talk about like the PMC professional class pilots. Oof. Watch out for them. Uh-huh. Well, he was – I. so something that intrigued me, I think it was last night we found this out, was that he was hired in 91 yes. uh, by Epstein in Columbus, Ohio, mm-hmm. which, I mean, you know, if you know anything about the Epstein stuff, should it should uh, perk your ears up because that, mm. of course, is where the man named Leslie Wexner – they should have a trial about that. I know. Uh, frankly, and they should make it illegal, set a precedent. You should not na- be naming a, your male child Leslie. But uh, he was hired in 91 along with David Rogers, the uh, the other- Which is the most pilot's name ever. Oh, my God. Give me a break. Both David of Rogers. Ugh. And at first, I was like, oh, my God. 91. Columbus, Ohio. It's got to be some, like, you know. Southern air transporter, you know, one of these guys. No, it, I'm pretty sure it was Pan Am because that that seems to be one of the biggest airlines that went. Yeah, bust Pan Am was there. decommissioned in 1991, yeah. and he mentioned that, he, that his airline was decommissioned, and then that's when he applied for a job with Epstein. Exactly. Um, and I got to say, he does look like a Pan Am man through and through. Yes, and we don't know that for a fact, but I mean, those are that's that's the biggest one that that was decommissioned that year, and so yeah. that makes sense. So I was doing a little courtroom, um, what do you call it, uh, eavesdropping. Oh yeah, there and a little uh, scuttlebutt. Yes, and uh, Galen's Galen's old time old time. I gave me the the man's fairly age, so I guess mm. that works. Galen's old friend Christopher Mason. Yes, the, uh, the and British. He's British, so which is like automatic old timey. Yes, so it works. yeah, yeah, and he and I also have peed. At every time I went pee today, yeah, that man was also in the urinal. All right, um, just to let you know, just a little behind the scenes action. Yeah, and uh, I tried. He loves to, a pop of color. I well, I, let me just say, I tried to pop his color, couldn't see a thing. Um, but uh, I was I was listening to him talk today, and he was like, he was saying how he had some friend that used to live down down the road from Epstein mm. in uh, in New York, and was talking about how Epstein was such an early adopter of a private jet. Even although his first airplane was not a jet. Um, uh, and even though he lived in such a small place in 91. Mm. And uh, and I don't know. I just thought that was that was sort of humorous. Because he was telling these two guys who I believe were journalists. And they were just like, okay. I overheard him talking. He was talking about how Ghislaine took him to Epstein's townhouse. Yes. And he was like, oh, I was on the seventh floor or whatever where mm-hmm. all of the offices were i think it was the sixth floor maybe 
And he was like, and they were so grand. And it was like, you know, it was the man who controlled the universe. Yeah. I was like, who are you? Who is this guy? Get him yeah. out of here. How did you get in here? I know. Should this, who? He's just. Ice, deport this man. <laughs> um, anyway, yeah, back to Larry. Back to Larry. So Vysotsky hired by Epstein. Mm. And again, like I said, I thought they turned him. They didn't turn him. So the prosecution, he was the prosecution's witness. Yes, right? he they was br- the prosecution's witness. And the first witness, they bring his ass up. And he spends most of last night and a good deal this morning basically identifying Epstein's various properties, entering photos of those yeah. into the record. And describing in detail when you enter them what you see on the left, then what you see on the right, what's ahead of you to your other left, and then to your other right, and then turn around and, hey, look to your left, and there's this. It's like, my God. I mean, I hate to say... It was, it was a lot. It was a lot. <laughs> like, the way he... I don't think I've heard a man say approximately this many times since I was on the Howard Stern micro penis measuring contest in 1998. Baba Bowie. Yeah, he yeah he walks through all the properties that took forever. The really interesting stuff. Well, there's a couple interesting things. What? Some of the most interesting stuff was uh, the way that he when he was asked to describe Ghislaine. Now yes. there's a couple different ways he described Ghislaine mm-hmm. and particularly Ghislaine's relationship with Epstein. The first thing he said, and he walked this back later, was he described Ghislaine as Jeffrey's number two. Yes. And it's so weird. I was thinking about this. I don't know if you felt this way, but we were sitting there and I was listening to him say that and the way that the prosecution was describing things. And even later on, as, you know, later on today, we heard from victim number one and, you know, you hear these horrible things um, being recalled and it's like, it's fucking really trippy hearing all this stuff that you like the two of us have talked about on this podcast yeah being said almost explicitly in the same words by like professional people in a professional legal setting yeah yeah where it's like we have called Gillane his number two and now that's in a i don't know it was like tripping me up it, it was tired. it was weird too because i mean I, I i'm sure some of you uh you know people who've really kept up with Gillane these these past years can recall how in a deposition she once gave, I think the, the Virginia Jeffrey civil suit, she was asked if Jeffrey Epstein was her boyfriend. And she sort of says, well, at times I would have liked to think he was. And I will say last night took him a long time in there because they described Ghislaine Maxwell. Various people described her various different ways. Mm-hmm. Took a long time to get the B word around. Look, they just need to project a big, like, neon sign that's blinking, and it just says, it's complicated. It's complicated, yes. And, boy, it does seem complicated. Yeah. And so they kind of, he kind of vacillates. He goes back and forth. He calls her Epstein's number two, but then he's like, oh, but I mean that in a house manager way. Yes. Not in a uh, procure for underage sex kind of way. Like, he's very... Um, delicate in the way that he's putting things. Yeah, and 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 he does seem to, and it's it's interesting because I've actually never heard someone really talk like this. I mean, there's been articles that have mentioned this and have mentioned that this is how sort of she was presented, etc. But he really seemed to stress at certain points that she was Epstein's employee. Yes, and which that- is. What the defense is really trying to stress. Yes. And he places her alongside the ranks of other employees, other employees, by the way, who all, all 
certain people, there are certain two kind of classes of, of Epstein employees. There are Epstein employees who were um, unindicted co-conspirators mm-hmm. in the plea deal he took with yeah. uh, with Acosta. And then there are Epstein employees who are um, uh, usually foreign <laughs> um, and who are yes. not who are not involved in these sort of things. Exactly. Yeah. No, he definitely describes it as Ghislaine was kind of the, in his words, the manager of all the other house managers. Yes. And so it was like she was overseeing the staffing and management of all of his different properties. He talks about how she was outfitting the apartments or buying things like deciding what drinks to put on the airplanes or outfitting the interiors of the airplanes, which, by the way, we looked at those interiors. Lock her up. I got to say, should be in federal maximum security death penalty type prison gallows for that alone. For the decorating choices. One thing I found interesting, especially we're talking about the plane, though, we did find that his uh, his his office on the on the seven forty seven seven forty seven I think it was the Boeing the Boeing that mm-hmm. he owned his I last plane. Well, uh, the uh, the office he had on that was called the Red Room. You know what I would call my office? I wouldn't call it that. Call it the office. No, although frankly. that's a nice little gift to our podcast with our Twin Peaks. Yes. Uh huh. Um, but you know, he he talks about how Gillane kept the horses at Zorro. Mm-hmm. That she was always busy, kind of like running around managing all of these things. And so he kind of like straddles this weird line of, oh, it was. You know, he calls it like, oh, I thought it was romantic. They had a romantic relationship. But they never kissed her or hold hands. But it was romantic, but platonic, but business, but labor. Yeah. But I don't know. It was all over the... I'm saying, he was saying it was complicated. Yeah, yeah. Um, but he... It, they really stress, like... And it became very apparent just how close Visosky was to all of this. Because, okay, so yeah. he's got a place in Palm Beach. But he mentions... That he flew Epstein, and I, I wrote this down. I wrote this down a couple of times because I'm like, I must have misheard this or something. But he says that he flew Epstein probably every four days yeah. for about 10 years. Yeah. That is an insane amount of travel. Well, and he worked for him for like 30 years. Yeah, he worked for him for 91 to, to, to 2019. Well, last flight Till. to Teterboro. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, he just, uh, I mean, I thought, I thought that was astounding. Like that's that's such a huge number of flights. I mean, obviously there must yeah. be some weeks where he didn't do it, but like every four days. But he would so he knew all of Epstein's properties inside and out. Yeah. And he had a little place on Zorro Ranch and like cause you know no, not even a little place. What we found out yes. was that Epstein gifted him forty acres on the property of Zorro Ranch in New Mexico for him to build his own house. Gifted. Yes. Epstein also paid for his daughters. He has two daughters. Mm -hmm. Their high school and college tuition. Yes. Um, And he... All of Epstein's cars were registered in Larry's name, which is very interesting. And Larry said, I never thought of them as my cars, but I used them all the time. Mm -hmm. He gifted me a Cobra. Well, he was quick to correct a replica Cobra. (laughs) Yeah, there was a very... uh, I don't know, funny moment where um, the defense attorney was um, questioning Larry. And he's like, Larry, you're a bit of a car guy, right? And Larry goes, 
I mean, just classic cars. And it was like, oh my God, what am well, I watching? That's something that, so that's that's something that I was really, really noticed about this today is that the prosecution and their sort of rapport mm. with Larry night and day yes. from from the defense. Right. Yeah. Which makes sense to an extent, but the defense okay, so the defense the lawyer um who was questioning Larry, by mm-hmm. the way, was like a bro. Yeah, yeah. They had yeah, yeah. A, they were seeing eye to eye. They were like it was a meeting of the bros. There was there was I didn't count one instance of jovial laughter mm. when the prosecution was up. Oh no. Many instances oh, of Oh yeah. There's like yeah. there was some definite sort of like wink wink dudes rock energy happening that I, I, yeah. It's really inappropriate for a trial on They they also um so you know all that's to say about Epstein gifting him all this stuff because mm. I mean it is Epstein really treated this guy nice. Like They were boys. They were clearly this boys. This was his guy. Like this was his homie. Yes. And so well what the prosecution's asking is like, well, did he fly here? Do you recognize these places? Mm. And sort of like using him to kind of like give the lay of the land of Epstein's properties and stuff like that. Um and also talks about, you know, flying to Travis City, Michigan in the nineties to I mean, I presume that has to do with victim number one, mm. which we'll get to. Uh but uh defense asks Vasoski, you never saw a female under eighteen, not with family. Vasovsky says, correct. Now, that's literally not true because he actually in real life objectively did see that many times. I mean, even just the ones that we have literally on the flight records, photographs of this exist, Virginia Jeffrey, mm. but also victim number one uh, and, you know, other many, many other girls. But We'll get to why he sort of says that in a second, but he says he says no. I you know I never saw anyone under eighteen. So he's never actually saw unaccompanied minors at yes. all. He never saw any sexual activity mm-hmm. or any kind of like sexual anything on any of the three planes that he flew for Epstein. Yes, and then he was asked if he saw Jane. Now, no, who's Jane? Jane is victim number one, aka sort of Jane Doe here, mm-hmm. right? Because we're not—they're not using her name. We we do know her name. We're not—we're not, we're not going to use it, obviously. Yeah. Um, but I'm only saying that because there's some other stuff I had to check check out with Larry's story here. Mm. Uh, you know, after we got out of the out of the trial today, and let me tell you, the guy is up to his up to his ears in it. Um, but. Uh, you know, they, 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 so Jane, Jane, Jane's name, he knows it. He's given her name. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's asked if he ever met her. And he says he can only recall one time when Epstein brought her to the cockpit. Yes. And showed her around. And he, he, this girl was likely around 14 years old at the time. 14, maybe 15 years old, but likely yes. around 14. Uh, and he describes her as a mature woman with piercing powder blue eyes and then later is reminded he also said i believe before the trial started the government that she had large breasts yeah um he seemed a little sheepish when he was reminded of as he should be as he should be um and he says that about i I can't remember but he said that about another girl too that she looked over over 18 oh virginia jeffrey yeah he said that virginia jeffrey looked he said um, that she looked like 20, like 20, 21, something like that. He said, of my category. That's how he described it. She was of my category. And I was like, 
I don't. I guess you're talking about adult versus child, but that's a very weird. Maybe he says type. No, he meant like I don't know. But yeah, he he was being very yeah. But he was being very specific to say that he always you know. He never saw anything untoward. Mm-hmm. Everything was above the board. Exactly. And something else that maybe could rhyme. Well, yeah. And it, it's, you know, they, they were they were saying to the defense, actually, I saw some people writing online like, oh, my God, Epstein's pilot names names, you know, like Bill Clinton, Donald Trump and stuff oh my like God, this. Yeah. That was actually the defense attorney, Ghislaine Max's side, where they named uh, Christ. It was all sorts of people. I think I wrote them down. It was, yeah. Prince Andrew, Bill Clinton, Donald Trump, which... Uh, yeah, and then Larry refers to him as President Trump. And I was like, I see you, pilot. I know what's going on here. You're a Trump guy. Uh, also names... Trump, people who are not Trump people, don't call him President Trump. They call him Trump. Yes. If you're a Trump guy, you call him President Trump. Oh, Although absolutely. it could just be, as I called president. it, the pilot's creed, which is where you just you know defer to authority because of your, you know, you understand the hierarchy of whatever. I'm a hotshot pilot. I would never do that. There's in fact, thing, Pilot's Creed. Look I it almost got kicked out of the Navy for doing too many crazy stunts in my F-18. Why were you doing that in the Navy? Uh, it's like the gay version of the Air Force. You should be in a boat. No. The Navy has the fucking plane. They're the kind of crazier planes. Uh, also mentioned, and whether this I did not know about, RFK Jr., Oh, yeah. Said RFK Jr. was on the plane. Yeah. Did he mean John John? No. Said RFK Jr. Yeah, RFK. Um, that surprised me. Mm. Um, but uh, yeah, so name that. And But the, the point of the defense naming all of those people right there mm. is, A, one, I think it's to throw sand in people's eyes a little bit to be like, yeah, that's little, what it's, yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. So there'll be articles. They're about, working the crowd a little bit. Yes, but also maybe you know some articles will mention. Can't you know? You, it, obviously, people find that very attractive, which you know it is. Duh, we want to know the people involved in this. Uh, although none of these names, except for RFK Jr., are new. I still got to double check that. Um, but uh, mention that these people would demand privacy. Yes. So this was the whole thing that the defense was kind of pushing, which they also made a big stink out of asking him if Epstein let him use the bathroom in the back of the plane. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And he was like, yeah, Epstein, you know, Epstein would let me go anywhere. He was always inviting me to the bathroom in the back, which I'm like, bro, that sounds kind of funny. But the whole point and the whole point they were making Uh was that. There wasn't any there wasn't any point on the plane where Epstein was closing doors, requiring privacy, where, you know, Larry didn't feel free to go or 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 obstructed his view. He could see that things were here. And if there were such famous people like President Trump and um Bill, Bill Clinton, Clinton. <laughs> and RFK Jr. and John Glenn. John Glenn mentioned that was it was John Glenn they mentioned. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. Um but those were the types that would, I mean, if anyone needs privacy, it would be insane. Oh, they mentioned Kevin Spacey and Chris Tucker, too. Yes. Uh, insanely famous people like that. And yet there wasn't. Yeah. Even. Yeah. Yes. Even though they were actually seemingly traveling with, wasn't Virginia Jeffrey? There's literally photos of her giving Bill Clinton a back massage. No, he's saying the point is yeah, they that weren't like- if the, you know, if. These people aren't requiring the kind of privacy. Then why would Jeffrey Epstein? Exactly. One thing that I thought was, I mean. Where it's like, but you're on private jet. So that's already a level of privacy. Yeah. And also like, 
I'm sorry. If your boss who's giving you a cobra, excuse me, replica cobra, <laughs> is doing something untoward in the bed he has on and his he plane. he pays for your kid's college. Yeah, I'm like, yeah, you probably, <laughs> if the doors, doors are closed, you might not knock on it. You know what yeah. I mean? Like that, that Use seems to me. the other lavatory. You know exactly. what I'm saying? That did not. The light's see- blinking. Yeah, that, that, and this is, they really, they went on, they were kind of on this tip for a while. Didn't seem very effective to me. Yeah, it didn't seem very effective. Yeah, I mean, maybe, you know what? I'm not a juror. I don't know, but wasn't convincing. So the other thing I want to mention about Larry is that he did mention on more than one occasion. In fact, he went, like we said, he went on detail over every single property, right? Mm-hmm. And, and including Ghislaine's apartments yes yeah 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 and he always mentioned that he installed audio visual equipment the man would not shut the fuck up about it i think he was very proud yes he seemed like he should be layer the cable guy because of what he's installing in people's houses gotta say though as a little man-to-man here with me and larry Hmm. he kept saying home theater now that's a very 90s thing. When people, I think, hear home theater, they think that, like, the rich people, like, you know, Yeah, MTV like Kardashian, Kardashian style. Yeah, like. Where, and it comes with, like, movie popcorn somehow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They have, like, a popcorn machine or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like Richie Rich. I'm sure that Epstein had a version of that in some of his homes. I don't think so. I think it was just, like, a big flat screen. It did definitely seem to just be describing a flat screen. And, like, a sound bar. Yeah. Well, they didn't have those back then. But maybe a, maybe a couple Dolby's wired up. <laughs> Uh, I will say, he did call Epstein an audiophile. Yes, he called Epstein an audiophile. Say, he, say, say he, like, you know, like, yeah, brother, just any kind of file, find a synonym. Yeah. You know, you don't want to be bringing that into here. Uh, but not, not far be it for me to give him any advice. Speaking of Ghislaine, though, and her apartments, he also mentioned something that I did not know before is that Ghislaine actually, he says that she had her own private plane, that this was just an offhand comment yes. he made, but she, that she owned one quarter Qu- of a share yeah, in a private a jet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then he said it would be fair to describe that as she her She brought plane. it off a brochure, getting off the plane in Cancun. Exactly. And so I am very interested in that and will be when I have a little bit of free time because I have to go to bed in 45 minutes. Mm. Um <laughs> I am going to hunt some something on that up because that's all the information we got. It was mm. just a quick little few few lines there, but he did say that she has a quarter share in a private plane. Yeah, um, the extensive audiovisual stuff also extended to Galen's apartment, which yes. I thought was funny. And you know, of course, my little brain is like, uh, yeah. We know there was extensive audiovisual called cameras, bitch. Yeah, but he wasn't talking about that. He could have been. No, he was Perhaps like someone should have pressed him on it. He was like. He, this man was like, you will be able to watch DVD commentary on Blade, Blade 2. Like, he, you know what I mean? Like this. He also said when he was describing Little St. James, which again, I know this sounds weird, but it's so fucking weird to just yeah. sit there and be like, yes, on his island, Little St. James. I'm I, like, they know about it too. But you could tell, but you could tell that everybody in the courtroom, like even serious journalists and yeah, stuff yeah, were yeah. like, I don't know if there's any... Ser- oh, there was the NPR lady. What are you talking about? There were, there were the people you in front like, of us. I have a note in here that says, like, braces rustling and working the room. You were, like, trotting around, like, chatting with the New York Times and NPR. Well, uh, listen, lady. Unlike you, what I'm trying to do there is... Uh, what I do is I ask every single person, like, so have you heard anything? We shouldn't even say anything. I don't say anything. You know why? I just listen. Yeah, listen to the sound of your own pen scratching, betraying your friend here. 
your closest, the only person okay, that no, but he would does take when, a bullet when for we're, you. <laughs> when, we're t- when he was talking about Little St. James, yeah. he said there was this building at the edge of the island that used to have a gold dome and Which, everyone perked up. Mm-hmm. And he goes, it was a library. Yes. Brother, that was not a library. That was not a library. But also, that's not the description we heard of it before. It was supposed to just have like a piano in it. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it's it was it was actually a Protestant temple that Ghislaine built to appease the god that she, the pagan god that she worships. There was also there were a couple photos that were shown to us that were rare. We got some rare Epstein's and some rare Ghislaine's. Yes, and there was a photo of Epstein in front of the first plane that he bought. Mm-hmm. That was not the Lolita Express, but was I think it was like a Cessna or something. It was a no, small. No, it was not a Cessna. It was a fucking Hawker. Oh yeah, okay. Yeah, small little guy, but it had <laughs> at the nose. It had a sideways JE logo on it, which I noticed immediately. I and cannot then, believe I missed that. Yeah, Smash Mouth flames on the side. Yeah, he had flame decals on his plane. Yeah, and both you, both you, and which the, is back in style now. Yeah, yeah. So. You and the young lady sitting next to us both saw that immediately. Me, I was, I didn't see either of those things. I was focused on Jeffrey Epstein, who was said to never have been um, touchy feely with Ghislaine, with his arm fully around boyfriend style. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Classic boyfriend pose, arm around the neck or like kind of the collarbone of Sarah Kellen, and kind of nuzzling her hair with his mouth and nose. Ugh. Possibly in a pre or post kiss arrangement, so I thought that was interesting um, because Kellen came up a lot from. Yeah, can you remind pe- uh, people listening who Sarah Kellen is? Sarah Kellen was one of the um, the several of Epstein's assistants mm. who were, unlike Ghislaine, sort of like known as like yeah. fully just assistants, although obviously also participants. Like C tier, C tier. So they're like, well, no. I would, say Ghislaine's Ghislaine's no, I would say Ghislaine's A tier. Oh, I was going to say Epstein's A. Oh, uh, well, I'm Alpha. saying they're under. So, okay, we're using different tier system here. Epstein's outside the tier system. He's on top. The tiers are under Epstein. Let's roll with that. Okay? You can okay, say we have a two-tier tier tier system. system. I'm just saying it makes more it's, sense. Well, just I don't know if it makes C more C tier doesn't but... seem right. Anyways, there are B tiers. But they're also... Uh, Basically, all of them on Epstein's uh, non-prosecution agreement that yes. he signed. So, and have been accused of participating in these these uh, in his crimes. So the defense is wrapping up with Larry, and uh, they say, "Okay, so he gives you this cobra replica cobra." You know, you got the 40 acres at Zorro. You know, he's been very generous. He's paying for your kids' high school, private school in Palm Beach, but also their college tuition paid for. And he says, like, okay, you know, in 2004, they were 14 and 11 years old. You, They were always around Ghislaine. They were always around Jeffrey. Like, did you ever feel uncomfortable? And Larry's like, no, never. And they said, would you ever have let your children like be around Ghislaine and Jeffrey if you thought that something like if they were sexual predators? Like if you had any inkling that Ghislaine was helping Epstein sexually abuse girls, like would you let your daughters be around her? And he said, absolutely not. No way. And then defense is like, boom, mic drop. Mm -hmm. And then 
something strange happened. No, not that strange. Then the prosecution comes back. So the first question, I thought this was a really strong move. The first question that the prosecution asks Vysotsky is, when your daughters were 14, did you let them give Mr. Epstein a massage? And he answers in the negative. Yeah. And that, they, that was, I thought, was really like, effective. One last thing here, too, and I, I think we mentioned this briefly earlier, is that they also kept... So this is... So, okay, yes. I don't think we actually fully went into this. Minor victim one. He was asked if he had ever... Because she's on the flight logs with her first name only. Mm-hmm. And Mr. Vasoski was asked... If he ever actually saw her back there, you know, her name's on the flight logs, but was it really her? Like, you know, do you know she was actually on the plane? I know she was taken on the plane and shown the cockpit by Mr. Epstein, but that doesn't mean she necessarily flew on the plane, does mm-hmm. it? And he was like, well, I, I don't approximately, affirmatively, uh, I do not know if she flew on the plane. Right. And then the defense asked, well, look. Mr. Epstein had an assistant with the same name who often was just put by her the first same name. same first name. Same first name. Who was put on, on the flight logs by just her first name, too. Yes. Like, could it be... Like, riddle me this. Couldn't it be that your memory, like, you've forgotten, it's been so long, oh, that it could have been the assistant and mm-hmm. not victim number one, though they have the same name. Yeah, and Vysotsky's like, well, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I don't know if it was victim number I cannot one or recall. the assistant, you know? I could have been the assistant, basically sowing that doubt, even though I knew. I was like, this is a total bullshitter's move. Mm. Sowing the doubt that, oh, well, maybe it's not the victim there. Maybe it was just the assistant. Right. Now, the second question, or close to it, that the prosecution asked when they got their gut, they are back, their second mm. round here, is... They ask about the times when the victim was supposed to have been on the plane and the times when the assistant was supposed to have to work there. And wouldn't you know it, which, of course, your boy who wrote I Knew It in the little notes here already did, different decades. Absolutely different decades. Different decades. And different girls. Clearly different girls as well. Yes. So to sum up, Larry's a liar and he's protecting his own ass. Yeah, this is the dark side of Dude's Rock. Yeah. Like, you yeah. can see these are, this is the, bo- like, I'm sorry, but we said this, too. We were at, we were at Cafe Lorenzo, mm-hmm. and I said, listen, you think Larry didn't get some on the side? He'd been doing this for 30 fucking years. You think he never dabbled in the company ink? I don't even know yeah, what the expression Yeah, but I, I know what you mean. You think he never sampled the wares? I mean, Yeah. His boy's giving him a Cobra replica. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And like, you know, you can buy someone's silence with with money and with gifts and all this mm-hmm. stuff, which you, certainly that would be enough. Another good way to do that oh, is to make them complicit. Yes, because as a wise woman we met today said, men don't care about money. Yeah. And as I got to say back to her, lady, you've never met a Jew. <laughs> Oh, my God. Well, we also today, we started to hear from the first victim in the case, victim number one, Jane, who we mentioned. It feels wrong for us to go into that now. We also have only just started hearing from the cross-examination from the defense. And I have a feeling 
look, there was a lot of going back and forth, a lot of objections. Yeah. A lot of yeah, gavel lot, sound. A lot of objections. A lot of, you know, your honor. I do protest. Yeah, you know, no, but so. they, they were called to the bench. I mean, more than Larry, I, it only happened really a few yeah. times with Larry. But, I mean, there was, uh, towards the end of the day, just constantly, you know, interrupted. Yeah, and it's pretty grim stuff. So I think that what we're going to do is introduce her testimony kind of as its own story tomorrow. Yeah. Because we'll know more when we hear from both sides. Exactly. This is someone we've we've actually we've actually talked about this case, I think, on the show before yeah. as well, the specific but one. But she's requested anonymity for exactly. the federal case. So we are going to be not going to be mentioning her name yeah. or anything like that, obviously. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so we, we've got the defense on her right now. I'm sure they'll, they'll go back to the prosecution. Um, but yeah, we'll have more from you with you to you tomorrow. All that. All right. Well, what time is it? 640. I have about eight minutes until I have to be asleep in bed in order to get there tomorrow. You better like, uh, fire up the private jet for your ride home. Yes. Oh, I I fucking lost my glove. I thought I was so smart. You have one glove? I have only have one glove. And it's like... Didn't you just buy those? No, I've had them for years, but like oh. you buy, you find a pair of gloves at like a thrift store that fit you. You're like, I'm going to have You know, I gloves. always wonder when I see one glove on the street, I'm always like, who's the guy that loses the glove? Here you are. Funny thing is, right so last night I have, I took him out of the room, brought him here because I was like, it was freezing last night coming here. I'm like, my walk home is going to be fucking so cold. And I'm like, I hope they don't fall out of my pocket. Nah, they won't. Course one day. Classic move. That's I, the you know the trick of the pocket. I frantically run back to look for it, and guess what I find on the side? I think I see it. No, someone else just lost a glove. Well, maybe that was a little serendipitous moment, like no, the movie Serendipity. Shout out to my ladies out there who know what I'm talking about. And you were supposed to meet with the mixed glove. I stood by it for 45 minutes, just asking everyone that came by if it was theirs. But, yeah, that's um, a crazy. Ended up having a duel using it by throwing it down. Oh my god. All right, um, well, I'm Liz. My name is Brace. We are, of course, joined by condemned man, Young Chomsky, live from the gallows. As the producer, and the podcast is called True Non. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Jeffrey Epstein. Jeffrey Epstein.